0: Hello, this is Aaron Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. We're catching up with our dear friend, Lisa Galinsky today. Lisa is a nationally recognized interior designer, specializing in both residential and commercial properties in Jacksonville, Florida and beyond. As the principal of her own firm since 2001, she brings a calm, bright sense of cohesion to every project she undertakes, from coastal homes and suburban enclaves to medical offices and other professional settings. Her lifelong passion for interior design began at a young age when she immersed herself in helping her family design and decorate their new home. From there, she knew it would be her life's work. Years later, she received a BFA from Savannah College of Art and Design and began her career at Sisler Williams Interior Design. After passing the National Certification for Interior Design Qualification, known as NCIDQ, she became certified and licensed in the state of Florida as a registered interior designer.
1: Welcome, Lisa. We're so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's going to be fun. We wanted to talk a little bit about kind of your journey. And we'll start back with how you got into interior design in the first place. Oh, goodness. Well, my parents moved us back to Jacksonville, Florida. My mom was born and raised here and they had bought a house that was under construction. So it was probably at the drywall stage. And so every day after school, I would go with my mother after school, help her select all the things for the new home. And I just fell in love with it. So when it was time to go to college, I was lucky enough to have parents that supported my dream of being a designer and sent me um, to Savannah College of Art and Design instead of making me get a teaching degree or something like that. So I was very fortunate. Well, and I think a lot of people just are not so fortunate they have to go and have another career first and then figure out they want to be a designer, which is where a lot of us ended up. So. Yeah, two of, two of my employees, it's, this is their second second careers and they had to go back and get more education because of their parents pushing them to do something else. And as you know, Gail, it can be lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, it can if you do it right, for sure. So I was just thinking back to when we first met and I was looking at the story of how you found us in the first place. And I was—I couldn't believe that it was 2015. And you said you found us on a podcast. I did. I, I think it was a new um, New Year's kind of way to start off your business. It was one that you did about that. And so I had signed up to listen to it and I had it on my phone and... And I ran home, um, got dinner. We were going to Fernandina Beach, which is about an hour away from my daughter's soccer finals. And I told my husband I couldn't talk in the car. That It was literally dark when we were driving. And I was taking like so many notes the whole time and driving. And he's driving and I'm taking all these notes. And I didn't speak to him the entire ride up there. I was just listening to your podcast (laughs) and taking notes. And that's when I was like, look, I, I need to seek help. Well, that's interesting. So what was it that brought you to us in the first place? Well, I I can't understand. I I don't know how I must have gotten on some email list of yours. So when I saw it, it sparked my interest about um, setting up for the new year. I think I was, you know, they talk about when you're ready for change and you're ready. I was working really, really hard, but I thought there had to be a smarter way to work. My kids were getting older and I was able to put more time into work and not as much into my children. So I was like, this is, I really want to do this right. So it was one of those things where I think the message was exactly what I needed to hear and I wanted to improve and do better, Mm -hmm. smarter, work smarter. Exactly. And I I do remember our first conversation and you were telling me that your husband was um, toward the end of his career and getting ready to sell his dental practice and that you were trying to decide what you were going to do with your career as well. So I remember that being something that you were struggling with, trying to decide, were you going to continue? Were you going to stop? Yes, it was a big struggle. I mean, I'm 13 years younger than my husband. So he's 13 years older than I am. So it's we're at different places, even though we align really well. Um, I've realized I love what I do and I'm not ready to give it up. And I really want also to hand down what I've learned and my talent and the, all the details with the new construction, there's just so much to learn every day. So I just always want to teach the people that work for me all that information too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Cause I think back to that first VIP day and <laughs> you were trying to figure out um, what it was you wanted to accomplish. And, and then I remember it was only a few years ago. You came back and said, I think I need another VIP day. <laughs> and I, feel like I had accomplished a lot of the, I think what I've realized working with you is it's a stair step. Like you accomplish the first things and then, okay, now you're ready for the second thing. So if you gave that all to me at one time, it, it's a fire hose as it is of great information. But I think I would probably have needed more, You know, wouldn't have been able to take care of all this. The way I had it, the first VIP day, I conquered all those things like the new website and worked on my... um some of my processes and my logo and, you know, some of those things. And then that was was a huge amount of work. Then I was ready to really dig in more about like the business and the vision and the financials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember too, that you were needing to kind of course correct a little bit and get yourself on a path where the financials were keeping up with what you had really put in place. Right. I was working really hard when I came to you and not making money. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm making money, paying all our salaries, paying my rent, paying all that, but not thriving. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I was working that hard, it needed and being away from my family that it needed to be worth it. I needed to figure out a way to turn it to be more profitable. Sure. Well, and I love the fact that you brought your husband, Bill, with you to your VIP day. So we had one. Uh (laughs) And I remember that being at the art hotel and just having that conversation. And hearing what he thought, too. And he's so supportive of you. And um, I loved hearing that he wanted you to do what was right for you. And just watching that interaction with you, too. And then just seeing what you have done since then. And how much you have really changed your bottom line of your business. It has been amazing. It's been a lot. You know, he is in dentistry. And he um, actually had sought help from a... Dental practice, uh, coach, business coach, and specialist, and use that for his practice, and it had great success. So he's always been a big cheerleader of getting help and getting an expert to help you and that type of thing. So he is a huge cheerleader in this, and I think he's seen um, what it's done for me. But I mean, he he's really it's fun to make him proud of me because for so long he worked and did so much for our family, and now that he's retired, it's fun because I can do all the extra, you know, help for our family too. So it's my turn. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and it's a great partnership because I think a lot of people are like you are, they have spouses that might be retired or maybe they're changing careers and they, they really need for their wife. We're not necessarily need, but would like for their wife to contribute more so that they it takes the pressure off of them. It does. I mean, the nice thing is, is that we can not have to draw on our retirement funds. They can stay where they need to be. I mean, Luckily I'm in a great position, but being able to do those extra things that we want to do and support the kids the way I want to, because they're, you know, launching at the end of college and that type of thing. So it just really has made um, our lives a little bit easier being able to have that. But plus I I like the challenge of growing and, and the business and being as you know, there's hard days, but there's also all the joys of helping people and seeing your employees thrive and it's great. And
2: your so, team is growing, yes, yes. So, Lisa, you are part of our Design Tribe, which is our boardroom three group. We have to number them internally, but they just blossom with their own names over time. Um, it's definitely such a special group of people, and um, I'd love for you to just chat a little bit about um, how you've grown um, in your business and both personally in having a design tribe and having, a, you know, a group of friends and mentors that can go through that, the highs and lows of business with you.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, doing my VIP days are amazing. Um, it's one-on-one, I get to learn so much, but the nice thing I love about um, being in a boardroom with a group in a circle of trust, there's, um, you know, a great camaraderie that goes with that, but then also there's an amazing amount of knowledge. Um, we're all strong at different things. and um, we share our information. We're in different parts of the country. Um we have different firms. We're you know, not really in competition with each other, so we're able to truly support each other. Um, through whatever business issues we have or um, if we come up with a good idea, we share it, we come up with a new um, process or form that I was just redoing my employee manual and I reached out and asked everyone to send me their maternity clause that they have in their manuals and everyone is really willing to share. So it saves so much time because I don't have to invent everything myself. I don't have to go through and try to figure out how to script this or do this. I mean, I had... Two or three people's employee manuals emailed to me within two hours. And I was able to use those. And then I sent back an up, you know, and upload what I redid and say, here's mine. If you wanna check and see if there's anything that you were missing, you know, we we all or insurance or um just handling pricing for a client and allowances and um frequently we help each other out if there's an area of expertise that one of us has.
2: It was funny because when all of that was happening, I was like, yes, this is so awesome. These like employee manuals are you know just coming in and filtering. And, and over in my Slack with, with Jen, I was like, hey, you should check out some of these employee manuals that are coming through and make sure that... Just read through certain sections of them. She's like, I'm already doing it. I saw them coming
1: yes, through. It's so, gets about so long. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this is getting so long. But I was like, oh, I've got to cover this. I got to make sure I cover myself. With, I mean, we all need work from home policies now. I mean, you, you work from home, but we never had. And so it was like, this is a great thing to add to the employee manual while we're redoing it. It's amazing what has happened through COVID and what we've had to address as far as owners of businesses. And I don't think we're going to be done with this for a while. So it's going to be here and we have to have those clauses in place. So people that are listening, they definitely need to have an employee manual. We got all new laptops. I said, you know, we're not going to buy desktop computers for employees. We'll get them an extra monitor, but we're going to have laptops just in case this happens. Again, we can send them home and not buy regular desktop computers. So there's things that we're we're doing differently, for sure. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things you've had to do? Well, right now we're in a smaller office space and we have more employees. So I have two employees sharing an office. And so I went out and bought one of those molecule air cleaners that literally supposedly uses the light and cleans the air and gets rid of all the germs. We're taking temperatures when people come in the office. Um, we're trying to just be as safe as we can and still work in the office. So those have been some changes that we've made. What are those
2: tools that you guys have chosen to use when you did have to be online, when you were virtual? What kind of tools were you using to keep the team communicating and organized, and
1: the projects running? Yeah, absolutely. We um, used Slack a lot to talk um, amongst ourselves, and we did um, every morning we would do our top three things that we wanted to accomplish that day. Even though we weren't together, we we did the top three, and then we use um, Dropbox and Asana, and we did a lot of Zoom calls together. So we had Zoom meetings basically. And then I was still in the office, so I became a little bit my uh, senior designer's assistant. Hey, can you go grab that sample? Hey, I need a number off this this uh, fabric or whatever. So I ended up running. It was good that one of us was in the office safely, all by myself. But um, it was it was nice. And what
2: about communicating with clients? How were you handling that?
1: Yeah, we did um, a lot of email correspondence where we just kept them up to date what we were working on. We did Zoom calls. I was dropping boxes of samples off at um, the client's door, then scheduling a Zoom call to go through. Um, It takes longer. We had to make the the presentation book with all the things in it and then have the samples all labeled. Um, I dropped it off with some chocolate popcorn just because I figured they would, might want something fun while they were going through all the samples. So we kind of tried to make light of it. And, and um, those clients that stuck with me all the way through COVID and were still ordering, and I have thanked them immensely because I think it helped, kept me going and kept my morale high, all of us. The other thing I've noticed with you too, Lisa, is that um, just like some of the other people that are in some of our boardrooms, you did address the fact that there were some concerns and issues around COVID, but what I've seen you do is step up and really look at what is that long-term vision, what is that ten-year vision, and I think it's gotten bigger from what I can tell. It, it I guess, it's really <laughs> thanks to you. Um, I would say that I, I feel that one of the things I sold myself short on was I didn't have a big enough vision. I didn't. T- give myself enough um i can do this i can run a million dollar company i can have five employees i can I mean, that seemed like an insurmountable place to get to and that's the thing i would say about the coaching it's like it, if you would. i mean you did tell me some of those things in the beginning and i kind of giggled but, but it's all come to fruition right I, it was steps it's all steps it's baby steps you have to take one step at a time and challenge challenge yourself to handle one thing at a time and then move on to the next. And And it really does um, get you where you want to go. I, I'm dreaming bigger in the sense that I do want more free time with my husband. And so what I'm trying to do now is move to a new office with more space and build a team that can run the projects and I can be a little bit more hands-off and be more of a design director. I'm sure Bill will appreciate that. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I just remember that conversation with how you were saying I'm going to do my best to go home earlier and Mm -hmm. be there, be there for dinner, and do all those things. So I've watched you really make a lot of shifts in these last couple of years. And well, it was a huge shift. I mean, I went from being the mom. I mean, Bill, with his patients, he couldn't leave. He was working all the time. So anything that had to do with my kids, I I did and I did my job and I did all of that well then it really got to a place where he had more time and then I and then the kids left for college and then I started working t- too long I just it was it was the thing I could do right? my kids were gone and I just worked and so I'm working so the pendulum is swinging back to more balance that's great I'm glad to see that for you and especially um, just definitely give our best to Bill because I understand what it takes to be a spouse on the other side. My husband is long suffering. And
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's yes. Just, oh, he's a constant. He's just always has believed in, in Gail and what we're doing and, and supporting us along the way.
1: He's been mm-hmm. so yeah, great. I, I think that just takes a confident, you know, a confident partner. I mean, it's got to be somebody that isn't threatened by you and sees your success and it won't take away from them. It's just, um, you living your dream. Absolutely. So
2: I do kind of want to hear like, what is this um, 10 year vision that you have for your company now?
1: Well, just, just the part that I spoke about, about just having more freedom. And I really want to grow my employees to the place where they could maybe take over the company and have the company. Um, so they don't have, they can support their families and not have to work um, for someone else. You know, I feel like they, they could take it over and have it be theirs one day. Um, and I would like it to go live on. You know, I would like all the things I've taught them and the things I've learned and all the details that go into new construction and marketing and, um you know, all those things really to, to continue on and benefit them also.
2: Well, I remember um back in Portland when we were at the retreat... You and I got to do the financial exercise together. Yes. Right? And as I think most of our audience says, I'm definitely learning more of the finances of the business. It's always been Gail's thing, but I'm moving into that. And you just brought so much joy to what could be such a scary worksheet to, to figure out, right? Um, we were walking through and you're like, yeah, just come along with me and I'll show you where I'm finding this. And like, this is my balance sheet. And this is my P&L. And, and we were going through and it was so much fun for you to be like, yes, that's that yeah, met the goal, you know. Oh, yeah. she's talking about me, <laughs> and you know, we've actually started asking people in their VIP days, like, "Hey, this is this is not a judgment. This is just yeah. having us understand on a scale of one to ten, where what is your understanding of your business finances?" And then that provides a great baseline for us to understand, like. What we need to explain more maybe other exercises we want to walk them through. And it was just so much fun for me to walk through with you um at that moment because you're like, yes, we like totally see it says 20% there. We made that. And it was just so much fun. So it was it's really see you enjoying it. It was fun to see you enjoying your numbers and like really understanding them.
1: Well, doing better makes you enjoy your numbers. <laughs> First and foremost. Sure. But there is a part of me that felt I mean, this goes way back, but I had a boyfriend in high school and in college that was very intelligent and he went to Vanderbilt and was really smart. And I always felt like I was never smart enough for him because I went to art school and I was creative. And I think my self-esteem a little bit, you know, being more creative, not science and math oriented necessarily in school, um, I think I didn't think that that was something that I could do. So having the empowerment to understand my financials and see that I'm making progress and... Having um, coming from my balance sheet being if I shut my business down, it would be negative to bring it back and making it positive and saving um, for a COVID type situation um, was really empowering and made me feel like, okay, I'm a real business person. And that's what coaching did for me. Like I learned, this is what you can do. This is what you need to do. And if you fall follow the instructions you can get yourself there and I I really really am grateful because I had um, three months overhead saved in a money market account my goal was six months um, but I had done three months last year and so that when COVID hit I was prepared financially I knew I could take care of my staff and I could take care of my employees and not have to um, let anybody go and I could support them when they didn't have child care that's so amazing I remember, I, I don't know if you remember this, the very first uh, tribe meeting and you were sitting on the side of the table facing the windows. And I remember you saying all of a sudden that you had this, just a breakthrough with the numbers. And I remember you being almost in tears about it. I was, I was because I thought I'm not, I'm not dumb. I can do this, I get this. And it was the way you explained it. No one had ever explained it to me The way that you explained it It was some analogy that you used that said you know it it just clicked and then it was like okay and and even now i still learn like i have you have i have a worksheet that i try to do every month just so i can make sure i remember like projections and stuff like that because i don't want to forget how to do it um but i meet with um i have a financial like accounting person that helps me with my books and I meet with her every month um, via Zoom call and we go through my books and we talk about where I am and then I take my profit and I take a certain amount and put it into my tax account. And I just make sure that that gives... I used to think if I didn't know about my numbers that they couldn't hurt me. Right. If I don't really know what's going on, then it's going to, I'll just keep doing my job. Well, what I've realized now is that knowing my financial numbers and knowing where I am and knowing those things actually gives me more peace, a lot more peace. And I can also turn away projects. I know that I have enough in the pipeline or I know I have enough money that if I don't want to take this job, um, it's not a good fit for me. I can say no. And that's, that's powerful. It is. It gives you so much confidence and in living your business and living your life because you know that you don't have to work with difficult people. It it becomes a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what are some of the other things that have been big life lessons for you? Yes. Well, um, I think I've learned a lot about um, interior design. A lot of it is psychology, but I, I would say for me, it's been a lot of how to handle difficult clients in difficult situations or employees. That's been a big lesson too. So my father used to have a saying that was like, would you rather win the battle or would you want, do you want to win the war? So for me, what I took from that was in this moment, I can be frustrated and I can fire off an email and I can, I may be right and I can fire off this email, but what's the end result that I want to get or the end result with the, the, the employee that doesn't act well, but you know, I could, get upset? And, or do I want to work through it and you know coach them so that they're the best employee I can have? And so I think I've learned to just slow down and think about how to handle situations and look at the long, the end goal. What's my end goal? And what do I really want to achieve out of this situation? And by looking at that, I think I handle the in the moment differently than I would have previously. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big lesson. I would also get coaching a lot sooner. Mm. <laughs> I would I learn to realize that you should hire things that you're not good at. It's like, I, I shouldn't try to do my own website. I shouldn't try, you know, people that are experts in things are, do this all the time. And it's like a shortcut. It's a shortcut to get to where you need to be. And I would have certainly um, gotten people's help a lot sooner. Mm. What's the biggest challenge that you've overcome? That's a good question. I, I've been so blessed. Um, I, I think myself. I think I have to get over myself, and and the biggest challenge is really that I need to know that I can do more and I can dream bigger and I can achieve. You know, I'm a hard worker. I mean, that I am, and so I know that. Um, so I got to find the balance, but that I can create the life that I want, and I just have to get out of my way sometimes. And that's where the, the tribe and you all come in for me because it's like big cheerleaders and people that are doing it. And, and I see them doing it and I'm like, well, I can do it. They're doing it. I can do it. Or that's a great idea that they're doing. Let me try this. and, and Or it can bounce ideas off of all of you. So it, it's been really, for me, um, you don't feel like you're so alone as a business owner. I think that's a common feeling by a lot of people is that they feel alone when they're doing their business. And just having people that are willing to be open and share with you without any concern that it's going to hurt their business. It's that abundant mindset is something that I think is so critically important and not common, I don't believe. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have your your employees and they're with you and they're around and they're supporting you, but it's not the same. They don't understand what it's like to have the overhead bills and the you know, all the things that you have to do to try to get the business in and all the marketing, like, you know, they all go home, they've done their job, and then you're sitting there doing all your marketing or financials or whatever, trying to just keep it, you know, keep things going the way you want them to be. And I think that's something that when other people can understand where you are as a business owner and can support you, and it's invaluable, especially during COVID. It was great to have that group of people. um All together trying to figure out what the best course of action was with our employees. I I just watched all of you support each other during that time. And of course, the first thing that came to mind when I watched your group meld the very first day you all met each other, the word that came out was love. And I just, I've never seen anything like it. I don't know how, um, well, all the people in all your boardrooms are amazing and lovely, and you attract giving people. You really do. I mean, I, I, Plenty of people in other boardrooms helped me as much as my own boardroom. But I would say that there's just, there is just a magic with us that, that we all were meant to, meant to be. And maybe every boardroom probably feels that way, but they do. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. it's, the, it's the atmosphere and the environment I'm just, that makes you um, bond. Yeah. Well, and I uh, just watched that and how kind you all are to each other and supportive. So. Yeah, it's very true. All the boarders definitely have a very strong bond and they're lifetime friends, which is the best thing in the world. I just feel like a mom in a way because I get to watch all of you just become really best friends, which is amazing, smart business people. like I just have the utmost respect for everyone in the group. And I think that's what it is that we've all achieved something that's pretty extraordinary. And so... We just have a lot of respect for each other.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. So, as we know, here at Gail be Coaching and Consulting, we love a good book. Gail loves a good seven a weekend. I just give. I'm <laughs> 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 she does like to read though. Um, so, what is your favorite book these days? What's got you juiced up reading?
1: Well, the, the, I, I've been reading a lot of um, business type books. I'm doing a great. um, kind of a group, I don't know what to call it. It's um a group coaching, another group coaching called the AMP, and they're just talking about your goals and doing the best you can and, and we read they read a book a month. So I've been trying to make sure I to read a book a month. So I'm finishing the eighty twenty principle, which was very enlightening. But my favorite one recently has been the Miracle Morning because it basically the author takes all the most well known people and successful people like Oprah and Tony Robbins and just Bill Gates and all these amazing people and looks at what their morning rituals were and he combines them and talks about how to do it. So, you know, you start your day with some meditation and exercise and, you know, reading and it's just a really great way. So, I've got I got it 30 minutes earlier every day and I've um, been able to sustain that and it really just sets your day off and I highly recommend it to anyone because it's just a great um, kind of self-care thing to do.
2: Yeah, I think that I watched a, a video from Ben Hardy not too long ago. And he was talking about how if you decide the night before that you're going to do something what like your intention is for the next day or the thing that is going to make you achieve your goals the next day, then and you write it down and you go to sleep knowing that that's what you're going to wake up to. And um, I think that when we can have... Our mornings more settled and planned and these are just the things
1: that we need to get in as people before we give ourselves to others is so important. It, it really is. And it's it's just amazing how much calmer I am going into the you know crazy Monday morning chaos sometimes. <laughs> okay, we're going to get through this. It'll be fun. <laughs> There's so many really good books. And I was just thinking of the one that we were supposed to read this month, They Eat the Frog, which... Have you read that one yet? I'm halfway through. Yes, I'm okay. halfway through
2: that. I was trying to figure out the other day why Jen kept talking about eating the frog. And I was like, why should she keep referencing that? And then I realized, it, like,
1: oh, it's, it's the kind That's what I really need to hear. It's it really basically, you know, take the hardest thing and do it first.
2: Yeah. Well, I would love to hear a little bit about your lake house. I know that was a project that you got to do. And it's not an everyday kind of project either. So, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so my husband's family um, moved up to Higgins Lake, Michigan, which is kind of in the middle of the state. It's a beautiful, really big lake. And his grandparents had been there. So they had gone up there for years and years and years. And he and his father and his brother built a house on a property on the lake. And they had guest cottages that went up the side of the hill. Um, and they would rent out the guest cottages in the summer. So families would come back year after year and my husband's one, six of seven children. So they would all pitch in and they would all help with the cottages. And then eventually when his father and mother got older, they sold the cottages off, but kept the main large house um, for theirs. And they made an association. So their cottages are still there and they're owned by families that have been there forever. Um, and we purchased the house from Bill's mother. Um, she just passed away at 97 on the 4th of july so we had purchased the house from her previous her passing and so she got to hear that we were keeping it in the family and going to redo it but it was 50 years old i mean it was orange shag carpet and wood paneling on the walls and so um when bill and i decided to to take the leap and keep it in the family we had a long discussion about um reach you know that we were going to need to reduce it went a little far we actually the basement wall it was caving in we didn't know it, so we had to uh, like excavate all the dirt out and put a whole new wall in the basement and do a bunch of stuff But it's lovely and we've had two summers of fun with the kids and i just go back and forth and it was great during covid because once i got there i had a safe place to kind of go and have fun on the boat so yeah it's and we got to do it together, so it was really fun. That's great. It sounds fabulous, and um, just seeing it from the outside when you sit there sometimes on the calls, it just looks like a peaceful place. It is. It's really. Um, it's nice. I someday I'll spend more time there. Mm. <laughs> I well, not like soon. The way you're going, you're, you're probably all these people running your company. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. So um, just to kind of wrap up. What are three things that you could share with people that maybe we talked about today that would be good for them to know, to take away and to apply to their business? Absolutely. Um, I would highly recommend you get coaching. I think the expense pays for itself. And I think that you will get where you want to go a lot faster. And had I done it earlier... I think I would have made more money because I would have gotten where I needed to go faster. So, um, or hire someone to do your website or hire a good photographer. Like I just think you hire experts to do things. So that would be one. Um, the second thing would be to read the miracle morning and give yourself really good time in the morning to plan. Um, I also really like profit first, um, for the financial part of putting um, your money in your in different buckets and having that um, safety net in case something were to happen that, that and to talk to a financial advisor monthly or keep track of your numbers. So you know where you are. So you have the freedom and picking your, the jobs you want. So that would be financial. And the third thing. So I would say the third thing would be that we all need to realize that we need to have life work balance. And I think for my creativity, I have realized that taking time off and being with family and taking um, being at places that are precious to you, give you that creativity, or sometimes an idea will come up that when you're in the hurried pace of life, you don't you know we don't necessarily get all the ideas that we could creatively if we're just running from one thing to the next. So that life work life balance is something I'm still working on, but um, it's truly important. Yeah. Great.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa.
1: You're you so welcome.
2: So thrilled to be here. <laughs> we love your time with you. Um, so you can connect with Lisa on our website at LisaGinteriordesign.com, or you can follow her and her team on Instagram and Facebook at Lisa G Interior Design. Thank you so much. So great having you, Lisa. Yes, thank you guys. Okay. Thanks for Overhead. taking hand at your schedule today. We appreciate it. You're
0: welcome. To learn more about Lisa, head on over to lisaginteriordesign.com. Join us next week as we interview business coach and online entrepreneur, Scott Olford, talking about his book, The Nuclear Effect, The Six Pillars of Building a Seven-Figure Online Business. See you next week.